Welcome back, trenders, to another episode of Trendy. I'm your host, Chase, bringing you the best trends you can find east of the Mississippi. First, we'll take a step back and look at the macro. Mother's Day was this past Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, my wife's mom, and my grandma. We love you, we appreciate you, and you're the backbone of the trends, especially for today's podcast. Fun fact for you, back when I was in college, I had to do a capstone project to finish out my major in statistics. And my project, I focused on what were the significant variables that determined a student's success in high school. And the number one strong strongest performing indicator was the mother's education level, which makes a lot of sense. But I was surprised that variables like alcohol consumption for high school students didn't affect their grades. So kids can hit the bottle as long as their mom went to grad school. Just kidding. That's how you lie with stats. And this is a pod of integrity. Now some other macro indicators for this week. Inflation numbers rolled in and they are slowing down thanks to food and gas prices. However, home prices are still high and they're going to stay up there for a little while. Consumer fears are growing, which 70% of the economy depend on a healthy and prosperous consumer, which leads us right into our three trends for the day. For our first trend, we'll take a look at big banks and the banking industry as a whole, starting with regional banks. Heads up, it's not looking good for them. For our second trend, we'll look at consumer sentiment. Every month, some statisticians from the University of Michigan play Dr. Phil and ask, how's the consumer feeling? And for our third and final trend, the labor market. There seems to be no shortage of labor shortages out there. We'll dive into why that is and where we see that trend in the future. Here we go. For our first trend, we'll take a look at the banking industry as a whole and how that market's been shifted. If you're a big bank, it's been working out pretty nice. If you look at the five largest banks in the US, you've got JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley, and then Charles Schwab. But if you're a small regional bank, things haven't been trending well for them. Ever since the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, fear among consumers is spreading and more bank runs have happened, which have taken out Signature Bank, First Republic, and most recently PacWest. Now the government and JP Morgan have worked to try to stop the bleeding on the front lines so this domino effect doesn't keep happening and spread across the broader sector. The FDIC ensured that all deposits were covered up to 250 million for SVB and Signature Bank. And First Republic was purchased by JP Morgan. There's about 4,300 commercial banks in the United States and they play a viable role for the local economies, providing access to service for regional rural areas that depend on physical banks. Now, lots of banks are good because it creates competition and gives the consumer more options. However, I do think these regional banks are gonna keep Keep trending down because I think the days of brick and mortar banking are starting to move behind us. I think the transition to digital banking is accelerating, but it does bring risks with it because if there is a bank run on it, it can happen in a matter of minutes at a day. Now, if you do have money in a regional bank, I don't think there's any reason to panic. One, if you have less than $250,000, you're covered. And two, if you have more than that, you're probably still covered because the government's shown us how much they're willing to cover in previous bank failures and it's $250 million, which if anyone has more than $250 million, listening to my podcast. We're always looking for a sponsor. For second trend, consumer sentiment is at a six month low. The only thing that spreads faster than a virus is fear. And it's starting to show up in the University of Michigan's consumer survey. So every month, our good friends at the University of Michigan survey consumers on three factors. One, how the consumer views their own financial situation. Two, how they view the economy over the long term. Three, how do they view the economy over the short term? Now this survey takes about 50 questions to measure these three areas. And they do at least 500 interviews by telephone. Fortunately, it doesn't include Alaska or Hawaii. Sorry guys. Now you may hear 
hear this trend say, what do I care? I'm doing great. There I'm working is fine. Why does this matter? Well, great question. One, nothing happens in a vacuum. Our entire economy across the globe is connected. Two, the speed of those reactions of our connected economy are happening faster than ever thanks to social media and technology. And three, because most of my listeners are in the 28 to 34 working professional range. And so if you have a 401k or any type of retirement account or money invested, you care a lot about how the consumer is doing because the consumer makes the economy. If the consumer is trending down, the economy won't be too far behind. Now, there was a quote from the most recent survey of consumer sentiment by director Joanne Su, in which she said, while current incoming macroeconomic data shows no signs of a recession, consumers are worried about the proliferation of negative news about the economy and the debt crisis standoff we have in common. However, I'm not telling you this to be afraid of fear. This is great news. When people are fearful, they start selling, most of the time irrationally. So when prices drop, pay attention because your horizon should be long-term and shouldn't be worried about the debt crisis of today or layoff of company X. It's about the long-term potential of tomorrow. For a third and final trend, we'll take a look at the labor market. Now we've talked about the JOLTS report before, which looks at the total number of job openings. Now that number has been trending down because there was a huge pop when the pandemic hit and the labor force got thrown out of whack. But now things have simmered down, it's starting to trend downward. The labor force is still not looking too strong. Thanks to the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, we've increased interest rate to five and a quarter percent, which is huge. That's the cost of borrowing money that companies now set their threshold on, which is why in our previous trend, consumers are fearful, banks are struggling because higher interest rates are moving people away from regional bank to larger ones or vice versa to just a different bank entirely to capture a higher interest rate. Now we've got some takeouts for you for our first trend. Regional banks are trending down and going down to a land down under. We're not talking about Australia, we're talking about bankruptcy. And a big reason why is fear and interest rates. Now, personally, when I graduated college and as soon as my net worth was more than a Chipotle burrito, after starting my first job, I switched my banking away from Chase Bank, ironically, to Ally because their interest rates were about 50 times more than what Chase Bank was. I personally think digital bank are superior, like Discover as well, because the interest rates they offer, their customer service is solid. The only only downsides you can't deposit cash. You can pull money out of ATMs for free, but you cannot deposit cash, which unless you own a vending machine or a laundromat, you're good. We've always said cash is trash, but now the Fed is jacking up interest rates to make it work for you. Four second trend, fear is starting to spread across the economy. And we've seen that with our consumer sentiment report from some frostbitten fellows at the University of Michigan and their most recent surveys. We think sentiment is low and will stay low because consumers are feeling less optimistic about the economy, whether it's because of job security, inflation, interest rates or debt ceilings in Congress, when sentiment falls, people are less likely to spend money, which can ripple through and impact a number of sectors in the US economy. Now, does this mean you should sell all your S&P shares or US stock? No. Personally, I'm a US economy or bus kind of guy. I think Europe lacks the growth and productivity edges that the US has. South America and African countries have businesses that lack the infrastructure, I think, to achieve real scale. And the Asian markets have governments that are about as trustworthy as my dog with a rotisserie chicken. So I know I'm biased, but I think when others are fearful, it's time to double down. Fourth, third trend, labor shortages keep getting shorter. We're losing workers faster than we can add them back in, which is gonna force companies to adopt new technologies to make them more efficient or hire people outside the border to get the job done. And while a smaller labor force may make for more profitable company, I think its growth potential might be challenged. So don't worry about your regional bank failing. The FDIC's got you covered to a point. And don't worry about the economy because I think the US still has the best economy. And don't worry about finding a job because it looks like labor shortages are going to keep on trending. Thanks for listening to another Trendy Tuesday. We look forward to having you back next week to learn about some more trends.